Hey folks, thanks for stopping by for episode 6 of the Mighty Thorcast. Is it 6 already? Actually, it's about 8.30. But oh, okay. But we're on episode 6, yes. Okay. So, thanks for stopping by. Um, you've already heard the voice of my co-host. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, babe. Terry. Terry. And, yes. And my name is Ed. Every podcast is somebody's first. So That's true. We should go ahead and tell them who we are. Uh, tell them the reason for the podcast. Terry and I get together uh, hopefully once every couple of weeks to talk about Thor comics. This particular episode that you're listening to is one of our retro shows. Um, we're going to talk about three books. All of them are Journey into Mysteries uh, from... 1955 or 62 I forget when it when it started in early 60s though or maybe maybe it does go all the way back to 55 because it was Atlas whatever but this is the original journey into mystery there's been a couple volumes since then um, and then in another couple weeks we'll do another show and in that we'll talk about the current issue of Thor and do a couple more of these retro reviews. So a um, little bit of feedback. I noticed we're up to 26 fans, uh, likes on the Facebook fan page. I'm not sure how that compares, <laughs> but um, the numbers show we have far more listeners than that. So I'm, I guess they just don't use Facebook. I don't know. Whatever you guys are doing, thanks. Uh, I guess the bottom line is that you listen, and that's that's the cool part. All right, here it is, 1952. Good I call. thought it was 50s. Um, today we're going to talk about issues 92, 93, 94 of the original Journey into Mystery. Um, Thor, his appearances started with roughly 83 or 84, so we're we're moving along a little bit there. The... Uh, First episode up tonight is 92, and on the cover we see Thor and Loki both. Loki is breaking some chains. Uh, Thor is is laying on the ground, kind of grasping at his hammer, but not not quite able to reach it. And he says even that he can't reach it. And as we know from having read, if he doesn't touch his hammer. For 60 seconds, he reverts back to Don Blake, his alter ego. Big caption on the cover says, The mighty Thor cannot reach his enchanted hammer. Is this to be Loki's final victory? Yeah, kind of like the old (laughs) serial. Is this the end? (laughs) Kind of thing there. So, all right. So moving on into the book, we uh, open up. In Asgard, we see that Hemdel, who is the guardian of Bifrost, um, Bifrost being the rainbow bridge that connects Asgard to Midgard, or, or Earth, as we call it here, a, um, a young lady is attempting to pass on the rainbow bridge, and she turns out to be Fricka. No, Neri. Or Neri, I'm sorry, handmaiden yeah. to Fricka. To Fricka. 
who is the queen of Asgard, which means she's Odin's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of which I think we've really run across yet. No. Fricka or Neri. So. Hemdall relates some just stuff about his task and what he's supposed to do and how Loki has tricked him and all of this is going on within Loki's sight. So he sees this and hears what Hemdall has to say about having been tricked and kind of gets gets mad and swears that, you know, oh, I'll show them yet, I'll teach them get off my lawn kind of stuff. Scene switches to Earth, uh, Dr. Don Blake's office. Dr. Blake is the alter ego to Thor. And we see once again a group of 'er ne'er-do-wells besets Don Blake in order to acquire his help in healing one of them who is sick, which um, Blake does and shot I, once again not just sick shot oh had he, he had been shot okay yes. so uh much like uh oh what was that dude's name the other mobster um well, i can't remember his name but he had some goofy macho kind of name uh-huh. slash slash Thug Thacker, Thatcher, yeah. or Thatcher, Thug Thatcher. That that was uh, who. This isn't him, but this is. Uh, it's uh, another mobster kind of feller. A very similar play on that. He's been plugged by a bullet. Yeah. So Blake and needs a sawbones. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they didn't say sawbones in this. And I know. So. I know. Blake does indeed assist the man, and uh, distracts the uh, the the other mobsters who are. Holding guns on Blake by throwing his voice. No, he doesn't throw his voice. I'm sorry. He just says that Thor is is there. And when they look behind him, he takes an opportunity and taps his cane, changes to Thor, disarms the men, and then tapes all three of them to a gurney, attaches his mystical hammer to the gurney, and throws them to the police station, which I thought is kind of funny. And then after uh, dropping off the uh, the riders there, Thor's hammer returns back to him as it as it does. That's that's pretty standard by this point. We see that um, Jane gives Blake a, a hard time about not seeing Thor. And explains to him how Thor captured the thugs and everything. Uh, Jane has absolutely no idea that Thor and, and Blake are the same person. How can she be so dim? She's, I think, turns out to be dim for many, many years. Okay. Until it finally, uh, whatever is revealed or he reveals, I, I, I don't recall exactly what happens. Okay. Um, next, Thor uh, goes to a movie set that is on location in Norway. And he's going to help with the special effects for the movie. I wasn't aware Thor was... I wonder if he's got his card. (laughs) I wonder if he got paid. You can't work without the card, man. That's that's against the the bylaws. Uh, And he, he just 
Thor does several things. First, he defeats a a fake sea serpent, and um, they film that, and then he uses his control over weather to turn the weather sour um, against the evil invading Vikings of the movie and carries the camera through the storm, uh, getting shots that nobody else would be able to get for them. At this time, we, we go cut away to, to Asgard, and we see that Loki is following what Thor is doing and is is plotting his next escape attempt because Loki is chained to a rock in Asgard with chains made of Uru, which is a mystic metal, same thing that Thor's hammer is made out of, and, and Loki cannot escape those bonds. He cannot break the chains. So he's plotting his his escape um, as we go back to Thor and we see that the final shot of the movie is Thor taking out a mountain and causing it to break up and rain down on the enemy Viking village, which he does. But instead of coming back to him, the hammer flies towards Asgard, towards Loki. Uh, without the hammer to propel him, Thor crashes to Earth. The hammer uh, chugs ahead and hits the chains that are have, have entrapped Loki and breaks the chains. And magnetically, uh, Loki attracted the hammer to the chains. So as the chains fall off, the hammer just falls to his feet. Um, Thor beseeches his father Odin to help him find his hammer because as far as Thor can tell, the hammer just basically disappeared. Thor decides to, or excuse me, Odin decides to help and and takes Thor to Asgard and because of Odin's intervention, um, time is stopped on Earth and so Thor doesn't have to worry about reverting back to Don Blake and he gets carried uh, back to Asgard by Odin. He talks to Odin and asks for Odin's help and basically he's told, well, since you don't think it's on Earth or, you know, we can't find any any uh, trace of it on Earth, it must be up here in Asgard. So start looking around here in Asgard. And Thor is like, oh, wow, thanks. I'm like, you know, basically Odin didn't help him. But so Thor, um, I, I don't know. Did you pick up, Terry, how he knew where to go or anything? I don't think he knew where to go. I think he's just looking around, and Loki gives himself away by starting his mischief, and that's how Thor knows what's going on. Okay, so basically Thor starts just starts his um, to start searching his cane thing of just wandering around, hoping mm-hmm. to to find something. Um, he goes through a a grove of trees that Loki takes command of and Thor starts battling the trees and then finally makes a a crude hammer, mallet, whatever you want to call it, out of the trees and uses that to defeat the trees. Loki's kind of taken aback. He thought that without a hammer, Thor would be uh, have less power. He wouldn't be powerless, but that he would have less power than normal. 
And so to get rid of that hammer, uh, Loki magically ignites it. So Thor throws it down and realizes. That's that's when he realizes that it's Loki who's behind all this stuff. See, he could have wandered around for days if Loki had just kept to himself. Or even longer, Asgard is a big place. Yeah. All right, um, Thor is continuing his search, and he's he's probably at this point being being followed by Loki. Keep up with what Thor's doing. Uh, Loki conjures a dragon to attack Thor, and Thor carves with his fingers a stone mallet out of the mountain that he's next to there. Uses that mallet. To defeat, um, looks like defeat multiple dragons. And after defeating the dragons, he notices that the hammer, the, the one he carved out of the mountain, he threw and as it bounced off the dragon, it kept going in a, in a particular direction. It was then he realized that there was Uru in the stone that he carved that hammer out of. And he, um, surmises that it must be flying somehow to wherever his hammer went, seeing as his hammer is also made of Uru. So I'll follow this hammer to see if it goes to the same place. Sure enough, it does. It, it goes to these magnetized chains, and, and he finds his hammer. Um, the gods um, were th- summoned by Thor um, at some point after the wooden mallet caught on fire and, and Lord, uh, Thor figured it was Loki. And so the the other senior gods gather and recapture, uh, I guess, Loki. And Thor returns to Earth and uh, assumes Don Blake. And there's comments made by both of them alluding to Things that happened in the story, even though Jane in particular would have no idea of that. Kind of is a little humor thing tossed in there. All right, Terry, what were your thoughts on issue 92, Journey into Mystery? I enjoyed it. I like the ones where Loki, you know, tries his best and gets defeated. Because as we've said before, Loki's a, a good opponent for Thor because... He does have some sort of a chance to actually do some mischief. Right. As opposed to... As opposed to a normal human, Thug Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, mobsters and, and aliens and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I neglected to mention here, I believe that this was written by Stan Lee. Yes. But the art was not by. Sinat. Okay, it was by Steve Sinat. Was Stanley the only writer? N- no, he was the storyboard. Okay, he was the plotter, and it was scripted by R. Burns. I have no idea who that is. So, okay. So I guess maybe we're done with the Kirby part of this. I thought that he did a long run, but Well, he could be come back. He did he did do the uh, cover though. I recognized. Mm-hmm. Um and and he does the art for the next one. 
Yeah, and it looks like he did the cover too. So, okay. Um, issue 93, Journey into Mystery. We see Thor uh, being controlled by this green, glowy kind of dude. Radioactive man. And it says a caption at the top of the cover, even the mighty Thor is forced to obey the sinister commands of the awesome radioactive man. So any of you that currently read modern Marvel will know that radioactive man is still around. Um, And up until recently, he was a member of the Thunderbolts, but I believe he's recently left them. So this is the actual origin of that character, uh, which means that he's been around since the early 60s as a bad guy up until being recruited by the Thunderbolts. All right. Inside here, we see that Thor is helping um, the Indians, and this is the Indians of the subcontinent of India. India not the Native Americans of our continent. So he's helping them with a with with medical relief uh in their fight against the red Chinese. Um I I know that there's constantly conflicts. I don't know if this is you know how this is portrayed in the Marvel universe other than this just one situation here. Uh this War zone here between the two is pretty active because the Chinese launch a a massive attack that causes Blake to change into Thor and repel the attack. So he um, he starts doing uh, military things. He defeats some anti-missile missiles. He defeats some tanks. Sends the tanks to the Indians to use, actually. Causes uh, several mountains to um, block passes, thus not allowing the Chinese army to get into Indian territory. He then takes um, or uses the weather and then, excuse me, uh, the weather to, to force the, the Japanese to abate what they're doing and they call in their defeat to Red China HQ, which is, according to this in Peking, there we see, let's see what he's called. Just the emperor. Yeah, the emperor uh, is consulting his scientific minds in China for a way to defeat this Thor person. And one of the head scientists speaks up and basically says, I've got um, something definitely in the works. Please allow me to continue it. And the the chairman says, by all means, finish your work and, and defeat this Thor for us. So the scientist Chen Lu goes back to his lab where he bombards himself with radiation and thus roughly is created the radioactive man. Scenes of him detailing what the radiation will allow him to do and how it's not harming him because he's uh, 
exposed himself previously, uh, just filler kind of stuff, basically. We we see that he is being transported to America, and I thought this was interesting, uh, by submarine, and we see him climbing into a torpedo tube, and he tells them to fire him out. And when they do, they fire him out in a torpedo casing. But yet the last thing we saw, he was just climbing into the tube by itself. If he were going to go in the casing, he would go into the casing outside the torpedo tube, be shoved into the tube, and then fired out. Uh huh. So they kind of lost it. Yeah, it's uh, right there. So he, uh, they, they fire him out the torpedo tube in this empty casing. He burns his way out. Um, now he's on American soil, just basically creating havoc, trying to attract Thor. Uh, he's Shown to be impervious to bullets, um, he melts them. Impervious to machine guns, again, because he, he melts the bullets. And all this time he's raging for Thor, come and fight me, come and fight me. Well, uh, this continues for some time, and then we find out that the reason that it continued was Don Blake was in an operating room operating on someone. And so he could not leave this person that he was operating on until everything was done, and he knew they were okay. He had heard reports about what was going on, but he could not leave. So he finishes up and heads to combat the radioactive man, which he does, of course, hammer first, and finds that the hammer just bounces right off of him. Now, here's something else that I've never – or not never, but I haven't seen him do up to this point. He then fires from his hands lightning bolts at Radioactive Man. I've never seen him do that either. I always thought that all the uh, weather effects were effect were by his hammer. And and they came from the sky where weather right. comes from. Now, he right. might be able to direct it too, but that's where it comes from. Um, I think being able to throw lightning bolts from your hands is a pretty cool power just by itself. Oh, yeah. Pretty neat. So... So he tries that, and then the, the, the lightning has no effect on Radioactive Man. He then, uh, Radioactive Man, attempts to hypnotize Thor with, uh, uh, he just says, my radioactive powers. But he puts Thor in a, in a hypnotic trance, tells Thor to discard his hammer, throw it away. And Thor does, but of course, Thor being Thor, he flings it a country mile. So the radioactive man gets pissed at him and says, well, now I've got to go find that hammer. Uh, Thor, without his hammer, uh, reverts back to Don Blake, and because he's Don Blake, the hypnosis is broken because that's not who was hypnotized. So, I love how that works. That's been in more than one issue. That one gets out of the predicament by turning into the other. The other, yeah. Yeah. And, and actually this mind control of Thor thing – Reverting to Don Blake, I think specifically has happened multiple yes. times. So yes. this this the sand dude dude yes this particular time yeah Thor had the big chains on mm-hmm. and reverted to Don Blake and just slipped through them and mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um, radioactive man does not find Thor's hammer returns to the scene where he knew he left Thor and doesn't find Thor now of course but finds Blake. And Blake misdirects him as to where Thor went. Uh, you know, basically he went that away, and Blake runs in the opposite direction towards his office. 
in his office he converts an x-ray device to a into a scanner to scan for his uh for thor's excuse me hammer he finds it in 80 feet of water in the did he say hudson river yes okay near a pier in the hudson so blake goes diving and of course 80 feet down is pretty deep so as he's getting down there he's starting to lose faith he's starting to lose oxygen he's starting to black out but Oh, he grabs the hammer just in time, which isn't the important part. He has to tap it, which I guess he managed to also. So, uh, Thor is back with hammer, goes after the radioactive man now, um, entraps him in a tornado and sends him back to Red China. Now, the radioactive man says, no, don't. I'm moving too fast. When I land, I'll reach critical mass and Thor says he doesn't care. So we see the tornado, and then we see a large mushroom cloud in China. Needless to say, that was not the end of Radioactive Man. Well, because you said that he comes back. Yeah, so. Okay. So there we go. There is issue 93. Terry, how about that one? Not as good as issue 92, because as we've stated, it's, you know, mere humans, no matter what they do to themselves, just can't seem to defeat Thor. But it was an okay story. I didn't know until you told that Radioactive Man was an ongoing bad guy. Is that the first of the Thor bad guys, other than Loki, of course, that continues on? Uh, probably, because this is really the first super-powered bad guy that he's fought against. Now, okay. somewhere along the way... So Carbon Copy Man doesn't show back up again? I was going to say, Carbon Copy Man, the Tomorrow Man, they might pop up again somewhere, but they're not what you would call a re- reoccurring foe. Uh, the Radioactive Man, other than Loki, the Radioactive Man is probably the first non-Asgardian regularly occurring foe. He will be back multiple times. Oh, to to for Thor, he'll yeah. be back. Yeah, for Thor. Times. Yeah, okay. as well as just around the Marvel universe, he gets picked up and used uh, as a member of a group that fights the Avengers, of course, which Thor is a member of, and you know some other things. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. Issue ninety-four, Journey into Mystery. On the cover, we have, again, Thor and Loki. Banner exclaims, See mighty Thor and evil Loki unite to battle the human race as the Marvel Comics group ushers in the Marvel Age of Comics. Hmm. Okay. We have Stanley doing the plot R. Burns against scripting and Joe... Sinat again doing the art, which Sinat's art is is um, solid, but it's not. I don't think overly eye catching. It's not anything that I would go back for or anything like that. But it's, I mean, people look different. Um, technology looks like technology. Thor looks like you know. I mean, it's just good. Storytelling art, not bad, not spectacular, very, to me, very um, workmanlike. At least Thor's good looking. The way 
Sonat does it, you mean? It, that yes. he maintains Thor's good looking? Yes. Yeah, I guess that's important. Women. Um, the book opens with the testing of a nuclear warhead in space by the Americans. Hmm, wonder what's going to happen. Sure enough, the Americans lose control of the nuclear warhead in space. Now they don't know where it's going to land or if it's going to land or if it will explode. So in a last-ditch effort, they put, all a, put out a call to Thor to help. Worldwide. In, in multiple languages and everything. What do we, what, what do we have here? French? German? Um, symbol? Chinese. Yeah, Chinese or Japanese. Um, A-T-T-E-N-D-E-Z. Spanish? Spanish or it's, Italian, yeah. Okay, and English, of course. So, worldwide. Well, Don Blake hears it on his radio. Um, turns to Thor. They announce a number. <laughs> yeah, I like that. For Thor to call. Please call the Pentagon extension 2715. <laughs> 8675309. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't the number. but So Thor does, and he's given the coordinates for the missile. Um, as occurred, so we assume, the last time we saw Loki, once again, he is confined to Asgard, bound by something. These look like leather bonds or something like that. I'm sure they're not just leather. Uh, yeah, probably not. And this, where he is, almost looks like a castle of some sort or something like that. So, so now we realize that Loki was the one behind the careening nuclear missile. Uh, he's, again, watching what transpires. Has um, everything planned um, again? Yeah, they're not leather. I'm sorry. They, they, these are manacles made out of uru as well, so they are unbreakable to Loki. He finds that, or, or Loki watches Thor, and as would be typical of Thor, he uses his hammer to uh, destroy the nuclear missile. He throws his hammer at it, and when he does. Loki starts exerting his magic um, from, you know, who knows how far away he is, very far away. Somewhere in Asgard. Yeah, whereas Thor is on Earth, so mm -hmm. another dimension away, right. I guess, basically. And uh, uses his magic to the extent that he uh, exhausts himself and passes out in conjuring a dragon. So the conjured dragon distracts Thor, and while he's distracted, Thor's returning hammer strikes him in the back of the head and damages his chromosomatic gland and thus changes Thor's personality. Not just changes it, but reverses it. I want to know how Loki, in his passing out state, using his powers, managed to time that so perfect. I mean, he says, I timed the incident so perfectly that the hammer hit exactly on his head. Lucky's got some luck. Yeah, even though he's not the Norse god of luck. it yeah. He's got some luck. I'm sorry, go ahead. But then so does Odin later on in the book, who basically does the same thing. Yes. So. Well, Odin's the king. Well, but 
Anyways, so now Thor is exhibiting, according to Loki, we don't really know yet at this point, uh, the opposite traits of of the noble Thor. Loki reaches out mentally and um, subliminally, I guess, or, or maybe not so subliminally, tells Thor to come and release him, <clears throat> which Thor does. He uh, he blows through Hemdel. Um, sneers at him. Sneers at him, which prompts Hemdel to alert Odin because this obviously is not the way Thor acts. Thor goes to Loki and does indeed free him. And when confronted by Odin and some of the other senior gods, uh, Thor tells them that he is going to help his brother Loki and everybody can back off. Well, Odin knows right away that something is wrong with Thor, assumes that Loki is the one doing it, and attacks Loki. Well, when he does, Thor attacks him to save Loki and is almost Thor is almost beset upon by the other elder gods, but Odin holds them back. Um, they get pissed at the way that he's manhandling the uh, Father Odin, and they almost attack Thor. But again, Odin holds holds him off and says, you know, just further sign that something is is wrong with Thor. You know, something's being done to him. Loki said. From my, at my side, uh, we want to be set up as the rulers of Asgard and between us with magic and might. Uh, basically, uh, there's nothing we can't do as the rulers of Asgard. And he knows that Odin won't go for it. So basically he tells Odin – well, not basically. Sorry. Loki tells Odin that we will attack Earth and and just trash the humans that you seem to like so well until you make us the rulers of Asgard. So Loki and Thor go down to Earth, and Thor does various things that he does, um, uses his hammer to uh, create earthquakes, uses his hammer conjuring fierce storms, conjuring lightning, creating tornadoes that, that destroy landmarks, the Taj Mahal, the Eiffel Tower, a pyramid, Golden Gate Bridge, the Panama Canal, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. He does a lot of damage. All man. the tourist spots gone. Yeah, as well as the storms and earthquakes and lightning strikes, hurt, killing people. Uh, yes. You know that they got caught in that. So, so then after that show of power, uh, Thor turns it over to Loki for Loki to do what he does. And Loki summons a giant sea serpent. He brings the Sphinx to life and sets it running through Cairo. He animates uh, structures like the Empire State Building and has it uh, shift itself off its foundation. He brings dinosaurs to life and, and allows them to cause destruction. And so finally, a a small contingent uh, special committee from the United Nations approaches Thor and Loki with a with a white flag of truce and uh, asks them what they want and they say you know they tell them the plan basically we're going to keep doing this until Odin contacts us so they uh, the UN 
uh, special committee there indicates, well, while you contact Odin, you know, please come with us and do so from, from the UN facilities. And so they do. Thor, um, in a, just some kind of show of force, he says, uh, only an immortal could summon the king of gods. It will require a signal. Ah. For his signal, he destroys a large UN emblem that they have there. And when he does, though, he does so by throwing his hammer at it. When he does, the floor beneath him uh, gives way, and he falls as the hammer is returning, and the hammer goes back to the spot where Thor was and just levitates there uh, because Thor has fallen on into this, this trap room. So then we find out that it was Odin and the uh, the elder gods, and that it was Odin's might, or his 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 magics, I guess, that held the hammer until Thor had fallen below it, and then Odin let the hammer fall, and it oddly enough struck Thor right on the back of the head, also. Well, he's the god; he's the king of the gods. So, you know, so. It didn't hit him in the face because Thor was looking up to see what happened. Apparently, Thor was still falling, and it hit him in the back of the head, completely reversing his personality again. So this time, Thor, in defeating Loki, throws his hammer and hits Loki in the head. But it doesn't hit him in the right spot. No, but it does stun him long enough for these elder gods that include Odin to once again bind Loki. And um, and so – that I did. I did not know that um, they had enough supernatural power to repair all the damage that was done, and wipe all those memories from everybody on Earth. Well, sure, they're gods. I mean, uh, to me, that's not that big a stretch. Well, it was a stretch that that Loki threw the hammer and hit him in the right spot. That was a stretch. <laughs> okay. They're gods. I mean, they can do they can do the unexplainable. All right. <laughs> so. Okay. So what would you think of issue 94? I liked it. I liked it. Any particular reason why? I'm, I'm coming to like, and I'm assuming I'm going to see a lot of it, because when we've gone over the new ones, he's there. I'm assuming there's an ongoing lovely little battle about every other comic book with um, Loki. Hmm. Yeah, I think much farther down the road we'll see longer periods of time in between Loki appearances. Oh, okay. But um yeah, I mean I guess that, you know it's it's been set up as Loki is his nemesis. Yeah, so his arch enemy. He'll be popping up frequently until we can come up with some other suitably powerful foes for Thor to fight. So Yeah. Yeah, already uh, we're at issue 94, and we started with either 83 or 84. You definitely see Loki is is a fallback. Yes. Uh, this is probably his fourth or fifth appearance in those. It's almost every other book. Uh-huh. So um, for me, all three of these books were, were, were okay. Um, I just – I have issues because I'm a, a much more 
modern comic book reader, and these older books just – they seem goofy and hokey to me, which you know is one of the reasons that these older books appeal to a lot of people. Uh, they don't particularly appeal to me. I don't mind them, but I think there's much better storytelling now. Uh, two of the three occurred in Asgard and, and added to what Thor can do, and we see – you know, a reaffirmation of other things that he can do with and without his hammer. So it's just the the Loki issues are adding to to the Thor character and, and just solidifying his powers and abilities. Um, looking ahead, uh, the next show we will talk about Thor, uh, the the current volume, issue six fifteen. And two more Journey into Mysteries, issues 95 and 96. If you want to email us, you can do so at the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail.com. The website that we have is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. We also have a fan page on Facebook, uh, the Mighty Thorcast. And as we always do, we want to thank Mr. Derek Coward for his assistance, uh, for his work, for his knowledge, for his support, for just being a part. Uh, definitely want to thank all our fans that have been listening to us. We hope you, you keep listening. Send us some feedback, email us, or post something on the fan page on Facebook so that we know you're there and we can... You know, we can include your comments or your thoughts into the podcast. Um, I don't know how many of you want to hear your name mentioned, but if you send us an email, we'll go over the email as much as we can, providing you use the appropriate language. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know how many of you out there that appeals to. It appealed to me when I started listening to podcasts to be able to hear my name mentioned. I always thought it was cool. And uh, given that... Uh, Terry, anything, anything lastly you want to add? Just be sure and come back and listen to the next episode because we're going to get into 615 and it's a new storyline. With a new writer and a new artist. With a new writer and a new artist, yes. Um, the writer is some dude that a couple people might have heard of. His name is Matt Fraction. Um, the artist, I don't necessarily recall let me see here who it is ah pascal ferry so those of you who are fraction or fairy fans uh, <laughs> that's fairy f-e-r-r-y uh, listen in next week we'll talk about their first issue of thor and and see where it picks up and where it goes as uh, as always thanks guys for listening and keep it up we appreciate it we'll see you next time Bye.